0: Hey, morning, guys. Okay, sit down, sit down. That's really uncomfortable for me. (laughs) I did not know that was gonna happen, so that was great. And, you know, really, I just wanna honor our pastors. Our pastors believe in us, they pray for us, they are there for us, they counsel us. They are up early in the morning for a coffee, they're up late at night when we need to hop on the phone with them. Pastor Brandon and Pastor Meredith do it better than anyone I know. And uh, we just love them so much. So they're taking a little break this weekend. They are, I don't even know where they're at, but they had to drive a few hours. Uh, East, Texas. East Texas. They're in East Texas. And uh, they're enjoying some time out there, and that's awesome. I and mean, we really support that for our pastors, that they take some time off, they rest, they recharge. They understand Sabbath. If you guys have never explored what Sabbath really means, I would encourage you to talk to them. They know how to do it. And uh, and keep that energy and that excitement up. So I'm excited, and I'm really grateful to be part of uh, this freedom series. We've been talking about freedom over the last uh, several weeks, and it really is an honor uh, to be up here, be in the conversation, in the room with all of you guys. Because I know that I need to hear more about freedom, how to walk it out. And uh, so, and guests, really excited you guys are here today. Um, We've got a welcome table out front by the front door on the inside because outside is like 125 already. Uh, but if you guys could uh, just stick around a little bit after service. Let us get to know you and talk with you. And if you stick around long enough, odds are someone's going to take you to lunch. So it's worth lunch if you hang out just for a little bit. But if you could also just leave you know, your name and maybe a way that we can contact you. We'd love to tell you about what we're doing in the city of Fort Worth, how we're serving the city, the ways that we're connecting during the week, during our dinner parties, um, and all the different ways that you can plug in and serve here. So, all right. I'm glad all of you beautiful people are here. We're going to pray. All right. Lord, thank you so much for today. I'm excited that it's Sunday, that we get together and we get to sing to you and bring praise and glory and honor to you. But we also get to hear a good word. And, Lord, we get to connect with our friends and we get to meet new people. Lord, I'm so excited about this word that you've got for us. And I pray that this truth is powerful and effective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Freedom Series, week one. I really enjoyed uh, Pastor Brandon's first series uh, first sermon in the series, where he was talking about the absoluteness of freedom. It's 100%. For the Christian, through Christ, you have 100% freedom. It is absolutely, the title of that message was, you are really, truly, and absolutely free. Freedom is available and certain through Jesus. John eight thirty six summarizes it perfectly. If the sun has set you free, you are free indeed. So, sin and death no longer have control over your destination, your ultimate destination. Christ paid the price for that, and through Christ, our destination is now heaven, right? Amen. So, the question for us in that first week was, is your soul truly, truly, truly free, absolutely free, completely free, And for the Christian, that answer is yes. Such a good sermon. You guys can hop online or uh, on your podcast app of choice. Search for C3 Fort Worth, and we got it there, and I would recommend you do that. So freedom from. This is an important component of freedom, and I need you guys to hear this. I know I've needed to study this a lot, and I'm still not getting it, but um, hopefully you guys will get this. Uh, So, what can I come out from? We've all experienced uh, that it's difficult to come out from our past and its effects, right? We have a memory. We have a collection of experiences. Uh, We can dwell in the past, and too often our friends dwell in our past. They dwell on the stupid decisions that we've made. They remind us of those things a lot, right? But we have a choice to give power to the past or to take power away from that past. Good or bad, we can visit the past, but it's never a good idea to reside in the past, to stay there, to live in the past, right? Living there is dangerous simply because it's not reality. It was reality, it's no longer reality. You should never live in the past. Or on the flip side, maybe you can't seem to escape some components of your past, some of the emotions or some of the effects of your past. It's not a residence issue, but it's an imprisonment issue, perhaps. Maybe you were, uh, you feel a little bound up or chained up by who you were or what you did or what somebody did for you. And I know this is sensitive. This is really sensitive stuff. But we've got to talk about it. And we need to work through it. Because the enemy knows it. He's going to exploit it. He probably already has. So the sooner that we can work through our past, the sooner we can eliminate those things that the, de- that the devil is gonna use against us, right? So freedom from, fill in the blank. Anything that you've got in your past, the power of what Jesus did on the cross and rising from the dead can satisfy getting out of freedom from, right? It's possible through Christ. So when your past screaming at you in your mind, or it's clouding your vision, it's hindering your decisions. Part of this is identifying for identifying it for what it truly is, right? That's part of this process, and it's really healthy. A lot of times, though, I think that people identify the emotional effect of their past, and that's good. That's a component of it, but emotion is just a part of you. It's just A side of you, but it's not every part of you. At your core, you are spiritual, and there's a spiritual effect to Satan's attacks and how he uses your past against you. So you can develop some emotional healing and some emotional strength without addressing maybe the spiritual root, but let me warn you that's just, it's incomplete. So let me say this another way or a concise way. You may develop emotional strength through psychology, but you only become a spiritual conqueror through Jesus' authority. Right? So you can process some things partially to address your emotions, but there is a spiritual component to all this. So there are spiritual battles in your life that you need spiritual authority for to get spiritual victory. And I would say that at its core, at its root, behind the scenes, Everything that matters is spiritual. We can't discount that. So we have to fight in the spiritual. Right? 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 So I'm going to read Ephesians 6.12 in the Amplified Version. It means there's a lot of extra words, but it's because it's really good. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly and supernatural places. But let me follow up with uh, a reading about newness of life. Newness of life, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. When anyone in Christ, it is a whole new world. I really want to sing Aladdin right now. I have kids. It's okay, right? I'm not Pastor Brandon. He breaks out in song all the time. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The old things are gone. Suddenly, everything is new. Everything, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. This new is for you. Cheesy. This new is for you, right? God is able and willing to walk us into new life, and that's because he believes in us, and that's because he believes in you. You're worth it. You're worth it. So I want to spend a few minutes on uh, something I'm really excited to share with you. Uh, it was in the category of mind-blown, truly. I mean, really. This, was, this would fit that category. Um, so Ten Commandments. Who's heard the Ten Commandments? Every hand goes up, right? We, we can probably recount most of them, right? Uh, I, I had a problem thinking, all right, from memory, can I get all ten? It was, it was hard. But the Ten Commandments, I love the deeper motive behind the Ten Commandments. I'm gonna share this with you. It's not just rules, but statements about us. So this comes primarily out of Exodus chapter two. All right, the whole nation of Israel is camped at the base of Mount Sinai. They've They've just left slavery out of Egypt. They're walking through the desert, 350 miles on foot, and they're camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Moses is up there, talking with God, And he's getting the Ten Commandments put on these two huge stone tablets. And he comes down off the mountain and he shares the Ten Commandments uh, with the nation of Israel. I'm going to read these, how they are written in Exodus, plus a little bit of a, um, a modern slant, let's say. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make and worship any idols. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor and respect your father and mother You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not lie about others, and you must not covet. So pretty intuitive, right? I don't think many of us would take issue with any of those 10 commandments. But here is the deeper point that I, I wanna share with you guys. This is super exciting to me. So these are not just guidelines to keep us on track. They are statements of who we are. So I'm gonna read these through the lens of who we are, what God is calling us to be. Do not worship any other gods is really saying you are a devoted worshiper of Father God. God's people don't prioritize and worship anyone but God. You revere and you respect even the powerful name of your Father God. We understand the power and the necessity of rest that honors God. We make a point to honor and respect our parents and our guardians. You are not a murderer. You are not an adulterer. You wouldn't take what is another's. You speak the truth and even do so in love. And then you must not covet really is saying about us, we rely on God for our possessions and our provision. This is what God says about us, is what he was saying about the nation of Israel and what he says about us today. He's telling us our identity. And as we're talking about this freedom for the Christian, our identity is our weapon. When we know who we are, we know how to fight, and we know how to disarm temptation. I would tell you this, Satan's temptations nearly always depend on how well you know your identity, and are you willing to live like it? How well do you know your identity, and are you willing to live that way, right? Let's think about Jesus in his earthly ministry, right, he's about to kick off his ministry. He goes to the Jordan River. He's going to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit, right, just like any of us can do that and how we should do that. When we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we get baptized. Christ modeled that for us, and when he did that, he received the Holy Spirit, and then Father God confirmed who he was. He confirmed his identity. He said, this is my son with whom my soul is well pleased. Right? He confirmed his identity. Right after that, Jesus goes to the wilderness for a 40-day fast. I mean, that's, that's a serious fast, right? It's not a lunch. It was a month. It was crazy. I don't think I could ever do that. Maybe. 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 I don't know. I don't want to try, though. I like eating too much. So but so Jesus confirmed his identity, and right after that, what does Satan do? He actually waits about 38 days, 39 days, when Jesus, who's fully God but fully man, has, not gone, has gone without food and gone without just as much water as he wanted for 40 days. Satan attacks him at, at his weakest, and he challenges his identity, right? It's this pattern of temptation that we all see. We have to identify how Satan is attacking us. Jesus knew who he was, right? He didn't fall to that. He knew that he couldn't be separated from his identity, and same for us. We need to know who we are, and we need to use that as a weapon. I want to talk about eternity and a new word, un-eternity. It's a good word, and I have the microphone, so we're going to use it today. So this leads us into this discussion about time, and this is really important. This is so important in understanding freedom and how to walk it out today, how to walk it out tomorrow. So bear with me about this because it, there's, some, there's some other mind-blown sections here coming up. So as people, we're trapped in time or un-eternity, and God is in eternity, right? He's outside of time. We are inside of time. What does that imply? Well, I want to cover three things about God really quick. He is omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. He doesn't grow in power, and he doesn't lose power. He has it all. God is omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing, right? Omniscient, all-knowing. He doesn't grow in knowledge, and he doesn't forget. He doesn't learn new things. It's all there. God is omnipresent, meaning his presence is everywhere. He doesn't require to hop on a flight for a couple hours, adjust to time zones, inject lag. He's everywhere all the time. All the time. He's always accessible, right? He heard us singing today. He can hear you when you whisper, right? I mean, he's everywhere all the time. He's accessible all the time. God is infinite. He's outside of time. We're stuck in time. Listen to this. The purpose of time is the process of repair, the purpose of time is the process of repair, specifically repairing the relationship between creation and the Creator. Listen to this. Time takes creation out of the eternal state, as quarantine takes a sick person out of the community. This is so that the disease of sin will not contaminate eternity. When the creation is healed of sin, then time will be no more. It's done, its purpose is complete. That's an incredible statement, right? It gives a little bit of clarity about where we're at, why we are in time, and we have to learn to operate in time, as opposed to God who's infinite, right? The purpose of time is to repair all creation back to its original state. So time. Now I want to talk about our two freedoms, okay? This is critical because if we don't understand the two freedoms that we have, the two types of freedom that we have, and we apply the definition of one to the other, we're going to get so frustrated. We're going to get really frustrated in life. We're going to make some really bad decisions. So, God has set the Christian free from the power of sin and death through Christ. Amen. That battle is, is over us, over our time and our destination. The now and the later. The now and later. Like the candy. I hate that candy. We need freedom in both, and these are the two, the two freedoms in Scripture or in, in theology are also called justification and sanctification. Let me explain. Freedom via justification, freedom via justification is at your point of decision for Christ. You instantly have freedom right there, right? But what about Monday? We're going to have a decision time after service today up front where if you want to take that step and walk with Christ for the first time, we would love to pray with you about that. At that moment of your decision, that's called justification, right? Instantly, your status is changed to free and you will be in heaven someday. That's justification. There's also freedom via sanctification. Let me explain that. Sanctification, the freedom that comes through sanctification is at every point for you until heaven. You can see how there's two, def- two different definitions here. Some people just have a destination mentality. Some people just have a time mentality. You have to have both. and You have to properly understand both. So Christ sets us free. And this word freedom is a noun and a verb, a place and an action, right? So we're set free from the destination of how we started, right? We started on this track for eternal separation from God, right? But through Christ, 180, we will be eternally with God. Right? So we're set free from that default destination, but we're also set free daily in our time and in our life. And then here here lies the tension that we have to manage. Tension is not a problem to solve. Tension is something to manage, right? Every day you got to get ready for it. Every day. That's why morning declarations are big. Reading the word is big. Praying is big. Going to dinner parties or hanging out with your friends for encouragement is big. Every day you got to manage that tension. The tension is now versus heaven the process of living free that we've been talking about versus the ultimate freedom which is heaven but this process it takes so long right i don't maybe you don't feel free maybe you're questioning man this is taking forever i hate this <laughs> this is hard stuff i need freedom now how long is this going to take why does it take so much time then the answer that we don't want to hear but that's true, is growth takes time. Growth takes time. And that's the model that's most often talked about in Scripture. And that's why I thank God for grace, right? That's why grace exists, because we're all in process. We're all trying to grow. So Becca and I recently, a couple years ago, moved into a new house, dream house. We love it. It's awesome. It's got a lot of space for all of our little munchkins to run around. Um, So, But the front of the house has got extreme Western exposure. The sun cooks our house every sunset, right? Now our neighbors, our neighbors are here today, Canadians, they're wonderful. We've got extreme tree envy, because they have this beautiful, sprawling tree that covers the entire front of their house that also has Western exposure. But man, that tree has been growing for a long time. But Becca and I were like, hey, we'll buy some trees. So we went tree shopping. Trees are expensive. There's like a kabillion trees in the world, but you got to pay an arm and a leg for your own. That was crazy. So we bought the biggest trees we could afford. And we're like, yeah, you know, give it a couple years. They'll be nice and wide and tall, just like Mary and Gerson's next door, right? We can, we can play that game. It's been three years, maybe three inches. It's ridiculous. We still have this, like, beam of light that comes through our front windows, and it just, Lucy, our youngest, who's about two and a half, she sits at the dinner table, and the window from the front door is here. And I swear, she's got, like, a permanent, Like suntan on this side of her face and not on this side. you got to take the oven mitt to open the front door, the metal handle on the front door. It's crazy. Trees are slow. We're like trees. Right? Right? It's okay. It's okay. We're like trees. That's all right. Just know it. Accept it. Expect it. Right? It's okay. So listen to this out of one of my, becoming one of my new favorite books called How People Grow. The Bible shows that God does do instant, and marvelous things. And we need to ask for these, receive them when they happen, and thank God for them. For example, God can and does, we believe this, God can and does instantly heal people, right? From an addiction, maybe a depression, something, right? But at the same time, the norm taught in Scripture is a model for growth. Teachings that only emphasize deliverances for example, can create people who become non-functional in real life, right? Dependent not on God and his maturing ways, but on an event to heal them. The healthy suggestion is to work on the growth process and be open to the miraculous. God is for us in both ways. Growth Growth takes time. Healthy growth then requires faith and vision if you want to follow Jesus and truly live in freedom like we've been talking about, okay? So I believe that a person set free by Christ, if living with a vision for the future and faith for today will be unstoppable, no doubt, way more success in your life, if you are set free, from, or set free by Christ, living with a vision for the future and faith for today. Vision is where you're headed It's the glasses you choose to wear. It's the corrective lenses that everything comes through, that reality is filtered through, right? All your actions and your thoughts and your motives should be channeled toward your vision. For example, the vision of C3 Fort Worth, streets and hearts, right? It's our desire to take Jesus to every street and to every heart in Fort Worth and everywhere else, right? It's not just the church to carry this out, but it's for each of us to carry out on our streets, in our neighborhoods, at our job, right? So the vision, all of our efforts are channeled toward this. And then faith is the belief plus actions that make that journey a success. You listen and act according to your guide, the Holy Spirit. But just like time is inescapable for us, so is pain. We've all experienced that, right? God knows life is pain. Vision sees through the pain to the end of it. Faith works through the pain. Despite it, there's no process without pain. You can't think of a process without pain, a healthy process. There's no freedom without pain, and there's no freedom without relationship. So pain, when repurposed by God, is part of our growth process. Your pain does not have to be pointless. Give your pain to God and say, hey, I need you to do something with this, because I can't right? So worship team, can you guys come on up? Life in a dungeon. So Paul, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, he's a central figure. Well, he's a figure. Christ is the central figure of the New Testament, right? But he's a major, major figure in the New Testament. And Paul is got, he has a great example of showing us how to walk out our freedom on Monday? Let's just suppose that Paul listened to a podcast of a great sermon on Sunday about freedom, and he decided to walk it out on a Monday. Well, there's a story in Acts 16 where Paul and Silas they are in this city and they're just doing good deeds, and they got thrown in prison, and not just like you know uh, a Andy Griffith show prison. Right, not just like maximum security prison, and not just a dungeon, but they got thrown into the inner dungeon. That was their situation. But what they do? They knew they were free, so they sang, they worshipped, they prayed. Right? Their vision was bigger than their reality. Our vision has got to be bigger than our reality. Our vision has got to be bigger. our reality. Ultimately in this story, because they act out of freedom, they acted out of freedom instead of sinking to their environment. The Holy Spirit used them to not just be instrumental in the life of the jailer who saw all this happening, but his entire very large household. It's awesome, right? Acts 16. Like Paul and Silas, we're going to have trials and pain that we got to deal with, but the pain is not for nothing. It can be repurposed. James chapter 1. We're getting close to wrapping up here, and I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. James chapter 1 tells us the process of trials and pain produces good things in us when we allow Jesus to walk us through it. Those times develop our faith. Listen to this. Vision will always intersect with trials. But vision will position your faith to act powerfully. I'm going to say that again. Vision will always intersect with trials. Expect it. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. Vision will always intersect with trials. But vision will position your faith to act powerfully. So as we face these trials and pain and process of working through our freedom, which we all want, right? We're all Americans. Well, we have a couple Canadians here. They're free too. They understand, right? Land of the free. We all want freedom, but it's not going to work very well without being led by the Holy Spirit. John 16, but when the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. We've got to safeguard truth in our mind. Safeguard truth in our mind. It's got a rule in our mind. Like Pastor Brandon challenged us a few weeks ago. Most of life's battles are won or lost right here, right? So are you allowing freedom to rule your mindset? Is that a filter for you? Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. So as we close, be bold in freedom, right? Be bold in freedom, Lean away from who you were and remember who you are, what God called you to be. Remember the Ten Commandments, right? The statements of who we are. Invest truth in your mind. Read the Word. Read the Word. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do this very well, but help me. I'm going to read the Word. Speak to me. And then wait on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it takes a little while, and that's all right. We got time. Growth takes time. Expect that. It's a long timeline that we have. It's process. Be motivated by your vision and stir up and walk in your faith. Let's pray. So prayer team, if you guys could come on up front. God, we love you. we know that you can use our mess you're not afraid of our shortcomings our past and Lord your desire for us is freedom not just to hear a nice little message on freedom but for us to walk in freedom tomorrow when we go to work when we hang out with certain people When we face trials of many kinds, your desire for us is freedom. Lord, your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I know there's freedom in this place right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move. So if if you're sitting there in your seat this morning and you're frustrated by the process of freedom and you don't feel free, Or if you need an extra measure of faith, if you need an extra measure of grace, even, or you need prayer for anything else, or if today something's been stirring in your heart, either in the last few moments or the last few years, and you want to take those next steps with Christ as your liberator bringing you freedom in this life. I would ask that you be bold. I would ask that you be bold, and in the next few moments, while we sing this last song, for you to come down up front and pray with us. We would love to pray with you and pray with you about those things and talk to you about those things. You may be feeling a little uncomfortable with walking up front. I know that's a big ask. We don't do that all the time. But I know that that's appropriate for this morning. I would ask that you be bold and you come down here and let us pray with you. Let us pray with you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for the truth of your word, that it breaks every chain, that it gives us freedom. It breaks every chain and it gives us freedom. And it allows us to get free in this life, to live free. That's our desire, Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made a decision this morning and you want prayer, please come up front while we sing this last song.